Welcome to the Turkey Hunter Podcast, the original all-turkey, all-the-time podcast with your co-hosts Andy Galliano and Cameron Weddington. In our weekly podcast, we're going to bring you some wild turkey calling tips like this. From there, we're going to go into, she's aggravated, there's another hen that's challenged her, or she's challenging another hen, she's going to cut an excited yelp. Advice from old pro turkey hunters like this. The turkeys typically don't like, I think, more times than not, to travel in an easterly direction into the sun first thing in the morning, especially after he gets up. It's a blinding thing. It, it, it's just like you. It's hard for you to see into the sun. Mm-hmm. So if I have a choice, I'm going to try to make it so that I'm going to be on the west side in the morning east side in the afternoon of a turkey exciting live hunts like this holy crap they're coming teach you how to cook your bird with advice such as this with some fresh rosemary and garlic and then cool that off and spread that along the inside of that butterflied turkey breast that we've seasoned on both sides wildlife management tips for your property especially with turkeys like this if you look at the type of habitats that turkeys need for nesting and brooding that tends to be habitat that can be managed more successfully with growing season fire than with dormant season fire. And hopefully along the way, we'll get plenty of these. Well, on November the 28th of 1953, I was attached when I popped out of my mom and the baby doctor spanked me on the bottom. I went, oh, and I've been doing it ever since. <laughs> I like that. Thank you for tuning in, and now, for this week's show. Hello, and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You are listening to episode number 301, a fan of Alabama. <laughs> oh, that's a funny title, but I'm, I'm with you, man. <laughs> Oh, sometimes I kill myself. Oh, that's it. All listeners will understand why that's funny later in this episode. (laughs) And I am your co-host and the guy who is slowly, ever so slowly, getting closer and closer to wrapping up his spring 2021 turkey hunting plans. And I am your co-host... And the guy who's hoping to maybe join in on one of those 2021 spring turkey hunts. Bring it on, man. Bring it. (laughs) I'm hoping it works out. I think that would be a freaking blast. Because so far I've gotten to spend half a day with you, John, and Chip. And it it was a lot of fun. Yeah. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping that works out. Because I think we'd have a blast. So I talked to Yankee John this week. 
and I happened to have notice that he picked up some additional property mm. in Virginia, and he says it is absolutely loaded with turkeys. I like those types of properties. I like those types a lot. So you need to make it happen. You need to get there and join us. I'm there. All right. As, as we have the same dates, I'm, I'm there. <laughs> All right. Good deal. Well, I'm tired of talking about Virginia. I want to talk about Alabama more. <laughs> yeah. And maybe we can do that today since we're going to share an Alabama turkey hunt. And right now I'm going to tell everybody that we're 226 days, 8 hours, 55 minutes, and 19 seconds away from opening day of spring turkey season in Alabama. And we're 240, 8 hours, 40 minutes, and 53 seconds from opening day of spring turkey season in Tennessee. So, in complete transparency, mm-hmm. you guys listening to the show don't know this. Cameron and I know it because we just got through doing this. We actually recorded the middle and end of this week's episode before we recorded the first part of this week's episode. <laughs> so, we know that this is a very long episode. And because we know it's a very long episode, Cameron, what do you say we go ahead and get into the hunt for this week? Absolutely. You just started telling me the story, and it was so good, we decided to just roll with it. So let's go ahead and hop in the hunt, stick in for a long episode, and we will see you guys on the other side of Andy's hunt in Alabama. Okay, it is about 8.45. Monday, April the 27th. And I just I just saw two gobblers with a hen on my property south of Birmingham. while I was running the tractor. Two gobblers got a little nervous. The thing that seemed to be perfectly fine with what's going on, so I circle around and turn the tractor off. Grab my stuff out of the truck. are pretty open now that I've burned them this year or so.
All right, let's fast forward a minute and seven seconds. This should put me about, I don't know, a hundred. Maybe a hundred yards from them. If they're still where they were when I left them. That may not be, but... Now let's fast forward a minute and 40 seconds.
can see if it's a gobbler or that hen. See some red. No, I'm pretty sure this hand. It's not a very dark colored bird. a lot of time to sit there and mess with a hen. Back out of here and see if they're in my other food plot where I just ran the bush hog one path through. Let's move ahead eight minutes and 25 seconds. Nowhere out here. 
see them on the little knob that I'm on, or the one on the other side of the dip. What is that? That is not a turkey. Between where I saw the hen and where I am, there's another little hump in the road up here. Yep, there's turkeys right there. I'll be dog. Back up. They're standing in the shade. Now let's fast forward one minute and 30 seconds. Let's fast forward three minutes and 47 seconds now. I can see anything. 
70 yards from me. He's turned with his back to me.
dude. Thank you. Some sharp spurs on him. Ooh, he's got some hooks on him. about a 15 yard shot nice beard on him he's probably got no geez inch and an eighth maybe inch and a quarter hooks five minutes so much for a quick hunt <sighs> selfie time wow what a hunt that was crazy well what happened on that hunt then like what so i'd gone over there that morning and heard one turkey gobble about as far away as you could hear a turkey gobble mm -hmm. and after sitting there for an hour nothing gobbled any closer and I thought okay well today will be the day that I get on the tractor and just bush hog so I get to the tractor and three tires are flat <laughs> so I hook up my air compressor blow up the tires spend probably just over an hour blowing tires up and jump on the tractor, get it started. I am dressed in my camo, and I start making a pass around one of my food plots. I get right along you know, the edge of the field cut along the woods line, round one of the curves in the field. I have not yet made a complete pass. I look to my left, and standing in the road are two turkeys in full strut with a hen. <laughs> so, of course, I break my neck watching them but i never checked up i never touched the clutch never touched the brakes just kept on going and i'm watching them the whole time and they're once they saw me turn and go away from them they were pretty comfortable just hanging out and so i drove the tractor on down out of sight turned it off got off of it ran back to the truck got my gun got the fan and my don't think i took my vest so I made a, a circle around instead of going straight to the turkeys. I circled around and tried to come up to them from a different direction and got up to where I could see the hen and I could not see the toms. And so I've got the fan and I'm twisting it, turning it and pivoting it and calling and the hen's kind of looking my direction, but she's not even really moved. And I'm looking through the binoculars and I don't see the toms at all. So I'm like, crap, well, they must have left. You know, they got nervous with the tractor when the tractor left. And once I got out of sight, they left. So I said, well, 
I'm going to drop back down into the bottom, come back up where the truck and the tractor are, and I'll just walk straight up the road that they're on. And I'll hold the fan in front of me until I can get to where I can see that part of the road because my thinking was maybe they'd gone into the field that I just bush hogged. Well, bush hogged the one path in. And so I start up that direction. I get around there and I start walking up the road and I'm looking in the food plot to make sure they're not in there. Got the fan in front of me and I top the little knoll, the highest point on the road. My head, my eyeballs top that point and I look straight in front of me and there's two toms in full strut right in front of a turkey, right where I last saw them. (laughs) So I kind of backed up from there instead of going straight at them. I said, well, I'm going to back back up, walk along the path that I just bush hogged. There's a good bit of trees and brush along the edge of the field where it makes that curve going to where I saw them. And then, you know, once I get to where I can see them, they will almost be in range at that point. Yeah. So I get around there and holding the fan in front of me and I take a little step, take a step, take a step, take a step, and I can see the hen. Well, from the way they're positioned, I should be able to see the hen before I see them. So I'm on my knees and I just take a little knee walk, another step. I've got the fan in front of me, take another step. And when I'm fanning a turkey, I like to go straight to the turkey because my experience has been if I go left or go right, that's not realistic looking to them. Yeah. And they get a little bit nervous and spooked and they go off. So that's what I'm doing though from where the hen is. I'm moving to my right, to her left as she's facing me, but I've got to do that to get into position to where the toms can see me. And so I keep going, keep going. And well, she gets a little nervous and kind of walks down off the road and into my second little food plot over there that I can see from this food plot that I'm in. And then she stops and she's standing right in the edge of the shade of this oak tree that the two toms are underneath. And so I kept going, I kept going, and I'm thinking, man, I I mean, I've got to see him just any second now. So I took one more step, and I could see one of them, and he's in full strut. And I took another little step to my right, and there's the other one. And I said, all right, I've got visual on them now. I'm going straight to them. And so I took a couple of steps towards them with that fan in front of me, and I'm crouched down as low as I can get, I've got that fan and I'm kind of pivoting it, turning it a little bit back and forth, left, right. And the the dominant bird, the one that I killed, is strutting. The other bird comes out of strut and he's just kind of looking at me. And then he looks over at his buddy and he looks at me, looks at his buddy. Well, his buddy is strutting so hard. I can hear his wingtips dragging the road. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like you're taking a cardboard box and we're just raking one edge of that box across the rocks in the road and so i said man he is pissed but he's not broken yet to come my way they are 70 yards from me and i said well i'm just gonna try to close the distance to get a little bit closer so i get a little bit closer a little closer a little closer well the hen starts to get act like she's getting a little bit nervous well she walks back up to where they are in the road and she's looking down my way and she's kind of walking around. She's like trying to decide what she's going to do. And I'm thinking, crap, man, as soon as she leaves, the hunt's over. They're following her. 
So I said, well, I've just got to get a little bit more in their zone, in their circle. So I crawl a little, you know, two or three more little steps, and I'm crouched down just making myself as small as I can make me with that fan down, you know, at about the right height for a fan to be on a turkey. And then it happened. The hen turns, and she looks at me, and she's like, hmm, been a little while since I've seen a good fight. And she took about three or four steps in my direction out of the shade and when she walked out of the shade coming up the road towards me the strutter said it's on and he got right up to the edge of the the shade and he stood there for maybe five seconds and i knew in my head that that was it for him if he stepped out of that shade he was coming and sure enough he stepped out and he started coming my direction and he came on you know probably 30 yards and full strut his buddies walking right beside him they had passed the hen and i was holding that fan in in front of me i had the forearm of the shotgun in my left hand with the fan kind of pivoted off to one side and i was looking down the the barrel of the shotgun and it was about that time i got the sight on him and i shot but i shot kind of right as i moved just a little bit because i'm still trying to balance that fan in my left yeah. hand with a shotgun and when i shot i knew i boogered him up pretty bad i mean i there was no question i hit him just from where the bead was on the gun where the sight was on the gun and so kind of it rolled him and he got up and he started running and he ran over to the edge of the woods on the side of the road and kind of just piled up right there and i walked over there and stood on his head till he died nice. you know it was just one of those to where it, it just proved you know, for the 200th time that you've got to be in their comfort zone. You've got to be in their circle. And we never know what the size of that circle is. You know, it might be 25 yards. It might be 250 yards. But until you get inside that circle, you you basically don't even exist. So once I got, I mean, it was just like every step that I took, was I, I kept thinking man i mean i'm within 75 yards yeah, of this yeah. turkey i've got to be in a circle but yeah. i wasn't so i take another one and i wasn't and i take another one and i wasn't but i got inside the hen's circle and when she made up her mind that she was coming was he had no other choice you know he would have sat there with the hen both of those times would have sat there with the hen for mm-hmm. no telling how long yeah but as long as she was comfortable right there in the shade underneath that tree but when she made her mind up to come out of there you know i just and she was coming my direction they had no other choice they had to defend their manhood yeah, it's about the size of it. I mean, they had to come fight for it, so. Mm-hmm. And that was your first bird off your property, wasn't it? That's the first turkey I've ever killed off of my place. Nice. After I shot him, you know, it, and it's so funny because I've got such a small piece of property over there. But after I shot him, I was like, man, I feel bad about shooting this turkey. <laughs> you know, it it's never been an issue for me to go shoot a bird off of one of my neighbor's properties that's a quarter mile down the road from me who's giving me permission to hunt their place 
I've never thought twice about shooting one off their 20 or 30 or 40 acre little piece of property. But yeah. when I shot one off of mine, knowing darn good and well, it's the same turkeys that are on their property. Yeah. You know, it was like, oh, I, I feel so bad about shooting this bird, but I didn't feel too terribly bad. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't beat yourself up on it too much. Oh, yeah. Not, not beating myself up a whole lot, I'll promise you. But, you know, and then you get to thinking, okay, well, that's one of the turkeys that I've had on camera for the past, oh, this was right at the end of April, and I had those turkeys, those two toms on camera since, shoot, 1st of December? Mm-hmm, yeah. And so, you know, you're like, well, man, I, you know, I've been watching them on the camera for so long, and, you know, it's just that, that okay, that's one of the one of those two turkeys that I just killed, and I won't get to watch them next year. I won't get to see him on the camera next year. But hopefully he'll be replaced. <laughs> hopefully he'll be replaced. And, you know, there's there's plenty of Jakes around there, but he's in my freezer. And if he was still on the camera, I would never know what he tasted like. That's true. He wouldn't <laughs> know the exact length of those daggers he was carrying. He had one set of daggers on him. In all actuality, it was a short hunt. Mm-hmm. When you get down to just the hunt. Yeah, but, you know, the 30 minutes or 45 minutes of me making a, a circle around on the turkeys, coming in from the opposite direction, trying to get out to where I could see them and challenge them a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, you, it's just one of those things you never know that that's not going to work until you try it. And it ended up being a 30 or 45 minute waste of time. Mm-hmm. And the truth of the matter is I probably could have just walked straight up the road that they were on when I topped that knoll and kept going straight to them and been in a much better position from the start, but you just don't know. I mean, you don't know what's going to work until you try something. Yeah, well, that's that's a big part of turkey hunting right there. That's why we go, isn't it? Yeah, learning something new every day, and you, gotta, you can always try new things. Mm-hmm, yep. That's so cool. that was fun, and, you know, I guess... That hunt will hold a special place in my heart because until I can find the time and the desire to put together a petition from turkey hunters in the state of Alabama to have our rules, you know, our game commission, whoever it is that's making these stupid laws, that some of the stupid laws that we have in place, until I can get enough signatures on a petition to present to them to overturn the new law that's in place that you told me about which (laughs) is fanning or reaping in the state of alabama is now illegal then that'll be the last turkey in alabama that i will fan or reap that's that's a fact you have to go out of state to do it i know alabama's no fanning south carolina no fanning on public land and I think some of those northeast states, don't they have rules against fanning too? Yeah, so Michigan does, and I can't, off the top of my head, I cannot think of any other states that do. One state up, it's New Jersey or Delaware, one of those has a rule of no, you can't use any real turkey parts. Hmm. So you could, I guess, buy one of those, like, umbrella looking things and fan them with that but you can't use a real fan right 
Uh, I don't know which state that is. Well, these laws that are put on the books, just quite honestly, the way they're written is quite stupid a lot of times because let's take Alabama's law, for example. (laughs) And the only reason I even knew about this law going into effect is because you sent it to me. Yeah, I I, saw it on the guy's Instagram. I never heard that it was being proposed. I never heard if it was open for public comment. Nothing. And, you know, I'm not going to say stuff doesn't slip by you and me, but you and I are fairly plugged into turkey news going on in the country. And this law, the way that it's written, based on what you sent me, says that it is now illegal to use or possess a decoy while turkey hunting, which has mechanical and or electronic parts that have the capability of movement or producing sound, or which can be manipulated to do so, including any that are handheld or attached to weapons such as fanning or reaping. In addition, turkey decoys shall only be lawful during spring turkey season. Yeah. Because using turkey decoys in the five or six counties that actually have a fall season <laughs> is just immoral. I don't, and I mean, I, I don't know that I've like, I know there's some instances in fall hunting where you do use decoys, but I, that's not even a very common practice. Why would you even make it a law? Yeah, I mean. Why bother? You're still in a five bird state. Like, why don't we evaluate that? <laughs> oh, wow. Huh. You mean to tell me, because this is what I am hearing you infer, that it would benefit the wild turkeys more to reduce the bag limit and if the bag limit were reduced and you helped out the turkey population in that manner wouldn't you also remove some hunters from the woods and who happen to tag out early you remove them from the woods and by removing hunters from the woods don't you also reduce the possibility of having a hunting accident? I mean, if there are no hunters in the woods, zero hunters in the woods, how many hunting accidents is your state going to have? I'd say it's pretty low. It'd be pretty hard to have one at that at that point. Huh. Well, then if you cut the bag limit to, say, three, and you shortened your turkey season to, say, 30 days. It seems like if you were worried about the safety of your turkey hunters, that that would be a more effective way of reducing accidents. And by the way, I cannot remember when the last turkey hunting accident in Alabama was publicized. Now, there was a death during turkey season this year, unfortunately. A, I believe a 10 or 11-year-old boy was shot Mm. and killed in a turkey hunt but there have been very 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 few details released from that and i'm gonna offer the person who killed this young boy the benefit of the doubt and call this an accident but there have been very few details of this accident released Mm. which to me means that there's a really good chance it was not an accident Mm. And it's under investigation. So, and, and, you know, for all I know, because there have been so few details released from that, maybe they were reaping. Maybe they were fanning. Maybe that's how this happened. 
But Could be. I don't believe that's the case because the boy was hunting with his dad. The boy was shot and killed, and his dad was shot, and they had taken a veteran hunting. And I don't know if, you know, maybe the veteran had some sort of PTSD uh, issue or, you know, something like that. Mm. I, I mean, again, this is all speculation, and I probably shouldn't even attempt to do that. But the states released little to no details from this accident. Yeah. Wow. So I don't know. I, I can, there have been accidents happen across the country from fanning or reaping, but they have been very few and very far between. Is one too many? Yeah. One hunting accident period yes. is too many. Yeah. But I don't know. Well, I hold to my, my personal opinion has always been and probably will always be public land. I don't think it should be legal to do on public land anywhere. Private land, it's your turkeys. As long as you abide by seasons and limits, how you want to kill them, go for it. If you want to deer hunt them and never call once and shoot them that way, or if you want to reap them, or if you want to crawl down your big ditch in the middle of your property and pop up and shoot them, those are your birds. <laughs> yeah. So, but... I do think public land, I, I could see that being where accidents would happen because you have a much higher density of people who don't know other people are present. And so, yeah. and and also some of the people I've met on public land just seem like people who would fire at a tail fan immediately. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, they're out there. I mean, that's that's been my my opinion, and I know it's not the you know everyone's opinion, but that that's just always been mine. You, you want to mitigate the risk, take it off from public land, who cares on private? If I own a thousand acres and I want to shoot three birds a year by only reaping, okay, I could go kill them another way then. That may just be how I like to kill them. Right. So. Yeah. And, you know, look, I can't speak to how people in the state of Alabama hunt in the areas where there's still some agriculture going on because I don't hunt those areas. So yeah. I, I can't I, I can't tell you how I would do or what I would do. But anytime that you can see a turkey in an opening, whether it's a clear cut or maybe a cow pasture in the areas that I hunt or a food plot, you the hunter, any hunter, can use the terrain nine times out of ten to get around that turkey and a good bit of the time get into gun range and make a shot so i'm going to ask a question for the betterment of the wild turkey would you think a wild turkey has a better chance against a hunter who has a fan or a turkey decoy and tries to fan or reap that turkey in that clear cut or cow pasture or food plot or do you think the turkey has a better chance if that hunter is not able to fan or reap, maneuvers around, gets within what he or she thinks is gun range, 50 yards, 40 yards, and takes a shot that ends up being 60 or 70 yards? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I guess it's my, my answer, I guess. Yeah. I mean, there there's... Yeah, I mean, it's going to be regionally different. Because I know, like, in West Tennessee, where I am, it's so flat. Right. I mean, the, a lot of people kill them by the crawling ditches, you know, like you're sneaking up on a flock of snow geese kind of thing. Mm -hmm. 
but you don't have the hills to maneuver behind. So it's just, I mean, that's what I'm saying. I, I just worried about the health and safety of your hunters banning on public land. I don't see how anybody could have an accident on private. I, I mean, I could see how like a poacher involved or something. Yep. But the percentage odds would go down drastically. Yeah. Because you're on your property or a hunting club, which most most hunting clubs implement where you tell people where you are when you go hunt. You know, I'm in this area or zone of the club, I guess. So, I, I mean, that's just where I've always kind of been at with it. I don't I don't know how, um, why it matters. Because, I mean, like you, if, if you own that property and you were desperately wanting to kill those turkeys on your property... You had them on game camera for months. I mean, you could have deer hunted them and killed them probably. Oh, no doubt. So the turkey's going to die one way or other. It's a matter of what brings the owner most joy of killing it, I guess. (laughs) I have zero doubt in my mind that I would have killed one of those turkeys by crawling on them because the terrain lends itself to crawling on them. Yeah. And... You know, fanning, to me, I think best case works 50% of the time. That's being pretty generous, 50% of the time. Yeah. But instead of crawling around to get into position to shoot one of those turkeys, I chose to fan and increase my enjoyment of the hunt. Would I have rather called one in? Yeah, probably. Probably so. Mm -hmm. But having them come at you where you know that their intention is to cause you harm. <laughs> and that bird could have caused you some harm. <laughs> that bird would have caused some harm. That's exciting, man. I, yeah, I, I, I much saying, prefer to problem. do that than I do to crawl on one. Yeah, you got a lot of enjoyment out of that. So I don't know. I mean, I think Alabama needs to evaluate personally, you know, why is South Carolina changing their regulations? Why is Tennessee dropping their bag limit? Arkansas is down to a one-week season in a lot of the state. What's going on here? Mm-hmm. Maybe we should take advice here. I mean, I guess they changed the season now to where some years it'll be a week later, it seems like. But five birds is too many. I mean, that, that's the highest in the nation, isn't it? Yeah. I think Connecticut well, raised theirs to five, so they're tied with you. But Is Maine... Maine is two. It's still two? Two in spring, four in fall. Okay, okay. Was like, when I was there, it was two. Okay, well, you know, that's... I could stay on this soapbox all <laughs> night. It's not going to do any good. It's not going to change things. You know, I think that our game commissions, I think that our people or legislatures that make the laws need to be listening to science and look at mike chamberlain's research yeah i mean there's so much of it going on these days you know it's readily available it's still ongoing so am i going to say it's perfect absolutely not but there are things that that we need to be doing that our states need to be doing to protect these birds for the enjoyment for future generations and boy i hate to say it because i i am a traditionalist i'm not going to say with the best of them but i'm not far behind them but it's got to go you know you can't you can't hunt turkeys today deer today doves squirrels 
rabbits and think that the same laws that were in place 40 or 50 years ago, the same bag limits that were in place 40 or 50 years ago, the same season length start and end dates should be the same as 40 or 50 years ago. You can't think that that is still healthy for all of the populations for our game animals. Yeah. I I still just, I've always thought, why don't they do an annual evaluation of the herd, flock, etc.? Why isn't, you know... It's money. It's money. I mean, that's the bottom line. But it, mm-hmm. I just like, if, if we were really concerned about it, you know, yeah. hey, we had a great hatch this year. All right, you get to shoot, you know, four birds this year. Okay, things look terrible. Like, oh my gosh, we didn't have hardly any successful nests. We had really bad flooding last year. Let's We're going to stick to one bird a piece this year because the flock needs it. I mean, that's how you allocate your resource. Yeah. So... And it's not like, I don't think that would take a whole ton of research or anything. I mean, it's pretty common knowledge. Everybody knows every year, like, okay, we had a banner hatch. Okay, we had a terrible hatch. So you can project two years ahead of time. Yeah, well, and, you know, the hard part about that is... It's regional. And Yeah, and I've seen it happen so much across the state of Alabama that it is regional. Yeah, you know, that's the same way, because you got the mountains and then you got a floodplain. So. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly right. So it makes it more difficult, obviously, but it can still be done to an extent, you know, and to my knowledge, look, and and I'm speaking to Alabama because it's where I live. It's where I hunt more than anywhere else that I hunt. And it's what I know better than anywhere else that I've hunted. But we still don't have an annual poll survey in the state of Alabama. Yeah, y'all are way behind on stuff like that, you know? How hard is that to do, seriously? I mean, y'all don't even know how many birds are harvested hardly or how many hunters are in the woods. <laughs> because people don't report their harvest. Well, y'all just, was it, was this the first year you actually required reporting it? Or I don't know. That... No, it's been about four years, I mean, five y'all don't, years. The state of Alabama doesn't release anything about how many birds are harvested per year. They do. Oh, they do? Yeah. I've never seen it. They do. And this year, believe it or not, there were more birds harvested. Excuse me. I can't say that. There were more birds reported (laughs) harvested than there were in years past. Yeah. But how many birds were killed in the state of Alabama? No one knows. Well, reported killed. I want to say it was in the neighborhood of 15,000. 15,000? Mm-hmm. Good gosh. Y'all had a 53% increase in harvest. 16,651. There you go. 16,651. And last year there were between 10,000 reported. Yeah. Yeah. So you're going to tell me with the number of hunters that we have in the state of Alabama hunting turkeys, which, by the way, could be two or could be two million. We don't know (laughs) because we don't require a turkey hunting permit. But I know quite a few turkey hunters myself. And to think that last year in a state that has a season that's 40 to 45 days long with the number of hunters that are in the woods that there were just under 11,000 turkeys killed is ridiculous. It's a joke. It doesn't even make, I mean, Tennessee had 40,000 birds killed and Alabama has what I think an extra 7 million acres comparatively. Right. But I don't know that our population 
statewide is as high as Tennessee's. Not now, but it, I don't think it's that much. I mean, that's <laughs> mm-hmm. 16 compared to, was it, was it 16? 16 compared to 40? Yeah. I don't see how that's, and there's a, and there was only what, it said a thousand birds checked in on public land. Yeah. I mean, what do you do? Yeah. 1,400 birds killed on public land. That Alabama has a ton of public land. There's people hunting it constantly. There is no way there were not more birds killed. I mean, heck, the hunting public guys put a picture with like 15 gobblers on there off public land. <laughs> yeah. So they, they killed like a 120th of your, <laughs> of your total exactly. harvest yep. in like one day. Yep. Yeah. I think they need to monitor what's going on more, I guess, would be a really good step for them to take. Well, you know, that's coming from a financial advisor who is in the business of monitoring things because his clients expect him to. From would not hire him, would not keep him employed if he did not. Yeah. Just think, if one of your clients said, here's some money, I want you to invest it for me. How much is it? I don't know. Just invest it. Okay, I'm, I'm going to invest it for you. And I'll come back in a year and you can tell me what you did, if, you know, if we did good or not. So he comes back a year later and said, so how did we do? I don't well, know. I don't know. Did we lose money? I don't know. I, I didn't know how much you had to start with. We just had some money. We just did something with it. I didn't keep up with what, whether your stuff went up or down either. I just, you know, this is what you got today, man. I don't know what you got going on here. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's insane to me, and it just wouldn't take much to fix it. Well, and Alabama's, like, historic. I mean, that is, like, the turkey state. That is, all these books you read, I mean, people from the north want to go to Alabama to hunt because it's, like, where turkey hunting began almost, you know, Alabama and Mississippi. Yeah. And you, you'd think they would care a lot about the resource because they have a lot of lore behind them in, in that state. Yeah. Oh, I don't get man. it, man. I don't get it. I don't know. Hopefully they'll take note. I think I bet one of your biggest problems is uh, your legislation. Don't know a thing about hunting or turkey hunting. That's got a lot to do with it. And you, because I've watched some commissioner meetings for Tennessee, and I can tell exactly which members actually have turkey hunted before. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like, all right. <laughs> Because one guy will be like, look, our flock's down. Like, here's what I'm seeing in the woods. And other people are like, well, what if we just don't shoot them in the fall? And I'm like, I don't, I don't know where you're getting these ideas. Mm-hmm. They, they'll throw something out there that just doesn't even make, like, they'll be like, is it easy to identify a hen over a gobbler? And I'm like, yeah, it's pretty dang easy. It's got to, you know. Anyway, yeah, I think that's a big problem. You have non-hunters telling the hunters what they can and can't do. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So, anyway. Well, that was a cool hunt, sounded like to me. That'll be your last reap for a while, unless your petition wins. Well, maybe I'll find the time one day to put a petition together. You will never need my signature on it, because you won't ever have a problem with me hunting there again. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because, I don't know, I entertained the thought, actually, for a few seconds, and then I was like, what What am I thinking? There's so many other states. <laughs> Oh, you know, so many people listen to this show, hear us talking about how bad Alabama is, and I'll get an email or a message on Twitter every so often saying, 
hey, I was thinking about coming to Alabama next year because I need my super slam. I need it for my super slam. And is it really as bad as you say it is? Well, do you want me to tell you the truth or do you want me to lie to you? (laughs) I mean, it's like a lot of places. You can get into them. Like, you just luck into the right spot kind of thing. But Mm -hmm. it is my opinion, you will not find a more educated, like, generationally educated flock of turkeys than you will in Alabama. Well, And there's not as many as there once was. That is very true, and I don't think anyone can deny that. Yeah, so you have a lot less, and I think the few that are, or the ones that are still around, are the spawn of very smart turkeys. (laughs) Yeah. Well, as someone who has hunted, well, let's say, as someone who has killed turkeys in... 35 states who has hunted and not killed in one two just two additional states so that's 37 states out of 49 that i have turkey hunted in i can honestly say that there's only one state that even comes close to being in the argument with the turkeys in alabama and that's arkansas yeah I was going to say, so far in my experience, Arkansas is a very comparable state. Very comparable. and I, Similar habitat fact, and everything, honestly. It, it is. <laughs> Except for the hills. Yeah. You know, and, and we have hills like that in northeast uh, Alabama. but good hills in y'all's, in y'all's woods, too. Yeah. But nothing uh, like Arkansas. Yeah, nothing, nothing like the area in Arkansas that you and I hunted, but... Mm-hmm. The turkeys are pressured just as much. I still think that Arkansas turkeys gobble more than Alabama turkeys, which, yeah, to me, I'd, right off the bat, makes them easier. I'd say they definitely, like, we were only there for a couple of days, but we had, you know, good early morning gobbling, good mid-morning gobbling, and even some early afternoon gobbling. Yeah. I think I only had one turkey. I mean, I hunted Alabama pretty hard for two years. I only had one turkey I can remember that actually cut loose pretty decent midday. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the, they just don't, they really don't. I mean, I say it all the time and I'm sure somebody's heard the most gobble in their whole life somewhere in Alabama, but where I hunted, there were turkeys there. I saw the sign. I would see the turkeys. I would see gobblers. They did not gobble. Yeah. They were just hermits. I mean, literally very dependent on drumming for mating. Yeah. Yeah. The drum is a big time mating call for male wild turkeys in Alabama. It is. I, I think that they have developed that tactic mm-hmm. where they know like, all right, you know, a hen, I mean, I'm assuming a hen could probably hear drumming from 100 to 150 yards. Maybe. I don't know how far they can hear it, but I think the gobblers know to mitigate their risk. Like they would rather drum and only attract the hens right there than gobble and attract them from further. Right. Cause they, I mean, I, I think they literally have, been bred to know that that's a big risk yeah when they cut loose that's a big risk yes indeed cool well we can lament over alabama's issues for days weeks months i'm sure the license sales just got boosted big time by that conversation (laughs) (laughs) it's a beautiful state like i i mean for hiking purposes, it was fun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it is. It's a pretty state. 
people are nice unless you're turkey hunting in their spot and then they're not and you know having traveled to as many places in this country and in this world as I have I've been very fortunate to have traveled around I keep coming back to Birmingham when I don't have to but I keep coming back so there's something about it yep you can't but, uh you complain yeah. too much it's where you decided to hang your hat so yeah but for anyone in California who's listening stay where you are it's much better where you are <laughs> yeah <laughs> I would uh I would advise most northern and far western states i don't care what you read about in the books from the 1900s your state has come a long way since then and alabama's gone the other way since then that's right stick where you are that's right stay where you are no need to even drive through yeah especially if you're from california or seattle or portland there's no need to even drive through alabama or tennessee whatever you do stay away from our beaches they're just cesspools bunch of rednecks you don't want to do that anyway cesspools of redneck-tivity redneckedness mm-hmm. all right so i think we've sufficiently bashed the state for today we'll save some more for next week i guess i tell you what why don't you think of a state next week that you want to bash and we'll bash it <laughs> <laughs> oh man oh goodness so anyway that let's get back to the hunt because we've rambled we've been rambling for an hour now and really haven't talked about a whole lot that's any good other than i don't know i can't say that we've talked about a lot of good stuff but we we've probably stayed on the topic of alabama too long but the hunt was awesome it was a lot of fun it will be the last one that i'll do in alabama for quite some time but thankfully i get to hunt other states every yeah. year and even when i finish my super slam i'll continue to hunt other states every year so yeah because you got to finish it out with your buddies too so mm-hmm. you got incentive well, there and and you already know some hot spots in certain states you can go back to yes indeed that sounds good man well uh i'm glad you had a successful hunt there i know when i got the pictures of that bird that was very impressive <laughs> yeah yeah he was a good one for sure what a what a way to fire the first shot off on the on the property. Yeah, no doubt. So next week we've got a pretty good show coming up. We're going to be talking about fitness and turkey oh, yeah. hunting. So how we stay in Adonis shape all off season. Yes. And then hike forty plus miles on a daily basis for seventy straight days. Dude, that's just before lunch. That's for me saying. on an average day i only do 40 because i don't want to lose my muscle mass i gotta keep my arnold schwarzenegger this. yeah well i completely understand that <laughs> so seriously we got Lindsay coming on next week that's gonna be cool we had a listener reach out and ask hey why don't you do a topic on what you do to stay in shape for turkey season yeah so, so we're gonna do we're, that we're going to be talking about that. Cameron's going to tell a little bit about what he does. I'll tell a little bit about what I do, but we'll have the expert Lindsay Persico on, and she'll be probably laying out a little bit of a workout plan or outline that we yeah. all can follow to increase the strength and the muscle groups that we need for turkey hunting. So Absolutely. I know I need to work on my rear end and work on the padding and in it so that <laughs> i don't have to worry about a cushion or sitting on rocks or sticks but yeah, I, I typically just get my turkey uh, strap and put a 
25 pound weight on it and then i just throw it over my shoulder and carry it a couple miles a day that gets me ready carry it around to work and yeah on your appointments and stuff like that <laughs> just stuff a turkey that like a dead mount that fill in with about 25 pounds of of lead and then you just carry it around you gotta practice like you're gonna play that's all i'm saying yeah well one of these days you'll up your game and start killing bigger turkeys and you'll need to, to put 30 pounds in that sack that you have some of the places i've been if i killed a 30 pound turkey i think i might just cry if i had to carry him out yeah Whew. yep Anyway, I think it's going to be a good episode. That was a listener reached out and told us that. If you remember our favor of the week last week, send us your favorite, you know, topic ideas. Listener Mm -hmm. reached out, gave us a topic idea, and here we are. Yes, indeed. So how about a favor of the week for this week? Hey, I did it last week. This week's yours. (laughs) Okay. So the favor of the week this coming week is this. We're going to be a little proactive because we have a special guest next week who really is one of the fitness gurus in the social media world. So instead of going on social media and sharing next week's episode next week, why don't you go on social media this week and start following Lindsay? It's L-I-N-D-S-A-Y. Her last name is P-E-R-S-I-C-O. And on Twitter, her handle is... At Hunt Fiber. Hunt, F-I-B-E-R. At Hunt Fiber on Twitter. Look her up on Facebook. Look her up on Instagram. And go ahead and follow Lindsay, our guest interview for next week. And if you want to, drop her a note, say hello and say, I'm looking forward to listening to you next week on the Turkey Hunter podcast. That would be cool. So be proactive and get out there. Let Lindsay know you're looking forward to hearing her. And if you want to go ahead and recommend her on social media to a couple of your friends, that would be great. And you can do the same with the Turkey Hunter podcast as well. So that's the favor for the week this week. All right, I like it. And with that, we are done. Bid you and adieu. So I'm going to wrap it up. And I'm going to say thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. We know that you have choices. We appreciate you spending your time with us. We hope you have a wonderful week. And we look forward to seeing you again next week. Goodbye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe for free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews to help you have a more successful turkey season. And stay tuned for upcoming episodes on hunting afternoon birds, how to film your hunt, and the breeding cycle of hens, as well as some guest interviews. Thanks again for listening. We know your time is valuable, and we appreciate you sharing some of it with us. See you next week.